0: Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana, this Play by Play, coming to you live here on this Friday. If you just clear here, ending the week with you all. Hope everybody's doing well today. We've got 90 minutes coming your way. We'll be with you until 1 o'clock. We're going to be talking a lot of high school baseball. We were out in Lake Charles yesterday. We'll be back out in Lake Charles tomorrow as South Terrebonne is one win away from winning the Class 4A state championship they defeated. Lake Shore yesterday four to nothing. They're taking on a behemoth tomorrow, though. North Vermilion's a whole different animal. We'll talk about that later in the uh, in this segment. In fifteen minutes, we're going to go to South Lous High School baseball coach, Coach Chandler Guitros. He's actually, I believe, in route to Lake Charles right now. Coach Guitro's got to be still sick, man, because his tarpons uh, were just devastated last weekend against the Gators. Had every opportunity. Couldn't convert. They're undoubtedly one of the best teams in the state. Didn't have the ball bounce their way when they needed the most. We'll have Coach Guitros on in 15 minutes to talk about his season and everything the Tarpons are looking to do to put the pieces back together. At noon, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Man, look, I'm going to have to be honest with you guys. I mean, we, we talk every day, and I'm always out here beating on my chest and talking about James Harden this and Philadelphia 76ers that. The 76ers got exposed last night. We'll talk about that at noon. And we'll also break down the matchups tonight. We've got two real big ones tonight. We've got the Bucks and the Celtics. That'll be awesome. That'll be a great showcase. And then we've got the Warriors and the Grizzlies, which I think has been the most interesting series so far. got a Memphis team that is playing without its star player and John Morant. They beat the Warriors by a zillion a couple nights ago. That just kind of came out of nowhere. Golden State, I think, will be looking for revenge and will be looking to close out. Twelve fifteen. We've got Golden Meadow Middle School boys basketball coach and the director of the South Lafourche Flash, Coach Damien Saint Pierre, will be joining us to talk about some of the things that they're doing AAU wise. And also, we'll talk with Damien about NBA, uh, boxing, uh, the NFL schedule release, all those things. We talk with Damien every Friday, and we're going to be chatting with him about all the things going on in the world of sports. And of course, it's Friday. You guys know we can't get out of a Friday show without making our weekend predictions. I've got a bunch of things that I'll be talking about in that segment at the bottom of the show. We're going to make some money together. We've been red hot. Uh, we're going to make some money together. I'll make give you some betting picks. I'll give you three things that you could key on in tonight's action. i got a few of them already picked out. I'm going to uh, kind of narrow down some of those options, and we'll give you three winners before we wrap up here on play-by-play. Play. But we got to talk about South bone, right? We promised you some gator talk. We were out in Lake Charles yesterday for the Class 4A. State semifinals, and it was the Gators defeating Lakeshore 4 to nothing, um, really on the arm of just dominant starting pitching. Jackson Martin uh, was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, and it was a little bit surprising, I guess, how much command he had because the weekend before he had pitched against South Lafouche, and look, in that game, yeah, South Terrebonne won, but the Tarpons scored eight runs. So we show up to the park and we see that it's going to be Martin and it's not going to be Arsenal, and we're thinking, Okay, well, maybe there's going to be a you know a lot of offense in this game. Maybe both teams are going to be able to score. Nah, Jackson Martin just said, you know what? That's not happening today. He was lights out on the mound. He was terrific. He was throwing the first pitch for a strike to almost every batter, getting ahead. Look, he wasn't striking out a bunch of guys. Lake Shore was putting it in play, but that's all you need to do. But when you have the defense that South Terrebonne has, um. Just put it in play. They're going to get themselves out. Last night, the Gators made two or three just ridiculously good defensive plays. I'm thinking of that play out in left field. Uh, For the folks that were there, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those who weren't, a line drive was hit out to left field in about, I think, the fifth or sixth inning. And one of the pitcher boys, man, he just covered a lot of ground, chased it down, doe fully laid out, made the catch. It was an unbelievable catch. It's a catch that you won't even see often at the college or maybe even the professional ranks. But the Gators' defense makes those types of plays, and that's why they're in the position that they're in now. South Carolina scored three runs in the third, scored one run in the sixth. That was their four runs for the game, and the runs that they scored were just traditional stereotypical South Terrebonne types of runs. You'll get a base hit, bunt the guy over, draw a walk, you know, take the extra bag on it. Like, they just are very gritty, very scrappy, and they're playing their best baseball at the right time of the year. And now that sets the stage for them. Their one went away. Now, with that having been said, that's the good news. The good news is that you punched a ticket to the state championship game and everybody's proud and happy and excited, all that good stuff. I guess the little bit of bad news is that you're going to be facing an absolute goliath in the championship in the name of North we were So the way the fields are laid out in Sulphur, right, it's, I mean, there's fields everywhere. It's a beautiful complex. But our field where the Gators were playing was like back-to-back to the field that North Vermilion was playing on. So as we're calling the South Terribone game, we could kind of look over our shoulder and see what was happening on the other field. And all we heard was just loud roars and excitement from the North Vermilion fans, and they were just hitting the hell out of the baseball. Just one rope after another, after another. They score 14 runs in five innings. They're the number one seed in Louisiana for a reason. In the postseason, they have won 20 to nothing, 10 to one, 5 to three, 10 to one, 4 to nothing, and then 14 to two. They haven't been challenged yet in the postseason, but winner take all. You don't have to be better than them over a course of a series. You don't have to be better than them over the course of a week or even a month. You just got to be better than them tomorrow at 2 o'clock. That'll be out on Field 41 out in Sulphur, Louisiana at the McMurray Park Complex. So that'll be at 2 o'clock tomorrow before a state championship game between the defending champion, North Vermilion. They won it all last year. They're trying to repeat. And the Cinderella South Terrebonne Gators, that'll actually be a rematch of last year's State semifinal game, which North Vermilion won, and punched their ticket to the finals, which they ended up winning the championship. But, you know, we can't talk all about the Gators because right now we've got several local teams who are firmly in the mix in Division Two, whereas the Gators are playing for the championship tomorrow. Tonight, Vanderbilt's playing for the championship in Division 2 That'll be at 7 o'clock tonight over at Pat Kelly Diamond, an alumni field out in Hammond, Louisiana, at Southeastern. Vanderbilt's one win away. They've got to take on University tonight at 7. The Terriers, of course, punched their ticket to the championship round, defeating St. Louis 3-1. to one. Now they used Owen Schick-Snyder in that game. So today it'll likely be Mikey Rodriguez. He's been their number two guy throughout the course of the year. Not sure what the pitching situation is going to be for University. But if you're Vanderbilt, you got to feel good about this, right? Because this is a University team that you've played three times this year already, and you beat them twice. Like You won two out of the three matchups with them, so you got to feel pretty good going in, uh, knowing that this is a team that you have some positive experience against. Those games, of course, were a long time ago. They were in March. Both teams have probably evolved a little bit since then, but the Terriers got to feel good knowing that they're facing an opponent that is not invincible. And by any stretch, it's a team that you've already beaten twice this season. So the Terriers will be trying to get that accomplished. That's out in Hammond. That'll be at 7 o'clock tonight. And hopefully Vanderbilt could bring that home. Now, in Division Four, the lone piece of bad news locally came in Division Four, where CCA falls last night in Shreveport. They lose ten to nine uh, to to Calvary Baptist. That was in the semifinals of Division Four. The Lions were behind big in the game. I think it was like seven to nothing or something like that. Then they came all the way back and tied the game. But it was Calvary Baptist who ends up winning it late, scoring a ten to nine victory over CCA. Calvary Baptist now punches their ticket to the finals. They'll be playing a Wachita Christian in Division Four. That'll be at eleven o'clock tomorrow. So we've told you about the local teams. Now let's just you know, Tagwood, let's just break down all the brackets and tell you where everything stands. In five A, it'll be Santa Montt will be taking on West Monroe in the state championship game. You know, as we were leaving the South Terrebonne game. Uh, the West Monroe fans were coming in because they were playing on the same field just right after the Gators. That was an army. West Monroe looked like they were gonna travel pretty heavy and they get the win over Dutchtown last night six to five. Santa oh, excuse me, Santa on the opposite field defeats the hometown team in Sulfur. So they win pretty much a road game, right? Like you're playing sulfur at Sulfur and they win ten to seven there. So it'll be Sanamont against West Monroe who will be uh, in in the 5A state championship game. We told you about 4A a minute ago, it'll be the Gators in North Vermillion. In 3A, we've got two local teams who will be playing for the championship, two teams who are in the same district who will be playing for the championship. We've got Berwick, who will be taking on Lutcher tomorrow for the state championship out in 3A. It's a shame, man. It's really a shame, and I don't like the way that this is being done. Sulphur has a big old complex. they got a million fields. There's so much going on, but they only, like, really use one or two of the fields. It's a shame that Berwick and Lutcher will be playing at the same time tomorrow as South Terrebonne, because I know there have been a lot of folks in the area who would have loved to have watched both games, but, you know, they're going to have to be doing the whole thing like we were doing yesterday, finding a seat and then turning around and then kind of peeking back and forth with the two teams playing at the same time. They will be playing one another tomorrow at 2 o'clock on Field 40 which is the field that the Gators were on yesterday, which is a a beautiful field, but the field that South Terrebonne will be on, which is Field 41, is a much larger, bigger grandstand. Everybody's going to be covered up. Larger press box, so the Gators will be at the nicer of the two fields, whereas Berwick and Lutcher will be playing over at Field 40. In Class 2A, we've got a state championship game today. It'll be Rose Pine taking on Doyle. That's out at Sulphur, 6 o'clock today. Rose Pine will be taking on Doyle. In 1A, we have Grand Lake, who will be taking on Oak Grove. Again, that's today over at 6 o'clock at Sulphur. Class B, we have a state championship game that will be at 2 o'clock. We've got Chaudron taking on Converse. That will be to decide the Class 2A state championship. And then Class C, also 2 o'clock today out in Sulphur. We have Hicks taking on Hornbeck. Division One, we've got two finalists, and we've got one game to decide the champion tomorrow. Catholic of Baton Rouge will be taking on John Curtis. Catholic High beat Jesuit yesterday out in Hammond, and John Curtis defeated Brother Martin. We told you about Division II with Vanderbilt taking on University. Division Three, St. Thomas Aquinas will be taking on St. Charles Catholic. St. Thomas Aquinas beat Episcopal 9 to nothing. They'll be taking on St. Charles, who beat Notre Dame 4-1. to We told you about Division Four with CCA. So our last bracket, Division 5 we've got Claiborne Christian, who will be going to the championship game. They'll be playing today out in Hammond against Grace Christian, who defeated Country Day 8-7. to So, look, this is our last show before the weekend, but on Monday, man, we're going to have tons and tons and tons of recaps. What are people
1: saying about the Magic Hands True Shiatsu Neck and Back Massager by True Medic?
2: Hi, I'm meteorologist Jim Rinaldi. You may recognize me as the voice of your Weathercast from time to time. Well, I'd like to talk to you about Magic Hands Neck and Back Massager from True Medic. Sitting all day behind the microphone delivering weathercasts, believe it or not, is hard on the neck, back and shoulders. I've had problems for years and finally found a solution. Magic Hands, the massager plus heat that I can control. I'm able to target those muscles that need the most work. It's portable,
3: rechargeable, and I'm not tethered to a power cord. Here's how you can order one through this special radio offer.
1: Order Magic Hands True Shiatsu Neck and Back Massager Plus Heat. The retail price is $299. But for this special radio offer of $79, you must visit OrderMagicHands.com. The keyword is OrderMagicHands.com or call 877-469-1669. One year warranty and free shipping too. That's 877-469-1669. It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups. Are their efficient new Ram work vans? Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue and Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. guaranteed
5: yep it's that time of year blue boot rodeo july 7 8 and night in grand isle louisiana this rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention this year's fishing rodeo we also have adult kids kayak and we added the offshore division Proceeds from this rodeo go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids, and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo, coming this July 7th, 8th, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
3: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden
6: Meadows.
7: that we're doing this show today, but it is play-by-play. Hope everybody is doing well. We go to the phone lines here. We have South LaFouche baseball coach, Coach Chandler, Dietros, who's on the line. Coach Dietros, good morning, my friend. How are you? Hey, Casey, doing great. Buddy, I got to tell you, uh, I know you guys are still hurt because I'm still hurt. It's a that you guys are not out in sofa this weekend playing. What's the last week been like? I'm sure there's been some rough times, but also at the end of the day, I'm sure you guys are also realizing and understanding Hey, man even though it came up short as one heck of a year
8: yeah man uh look a great season but i'm not gonna lie to you uh what happened last saturday will stick with me for the rest of my career it's just not something you get over easily you know it's uh it wasn't just that we had a great season you know this this was a four-year run with this senior group where uh whenever they were freshmen uh coach rav and i cause he literally kept me on his wing and kept me involved in every decision we knew that we didn't really have that deep of a uh, team in 2019, and we saw what this freshman class had, and we picked a couple of them and said, all right, these are the guys that we're going to build around, uh, guys like Du Sheremy and Darren Ducey and, and those type of guys, Hunter Conley. And, uh, you know, took our lumps with them as freshmen, and it was really a four-year development to, to get to the level we are. Uh, so to not have the season end the way that we would like to, especially the way that it ended in a game that we, we felt like we should have won that game two, and then in game three we knew what type of pitching they have left, you know, Caps off the South Terrible and man, they deserved it. Uh, They deserved to be there, too. Uh, But, you know, that that was, uh, you know, kind of four years kind of built up with this thing and to have it in the way it did was pretty heartbreaking.
0: And, you know, Coach, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, the
8: brackets fall however they fall, and and there's nothing you
7: guys can do about that. But what I think is the most painful thing, and, look, this may sound like solidation. If it does to anybody, I'm sorry, because I don't know any other way to say it. I'm out of software yesterday and I'm watching at least two teams in the semifinals yesterday who are not as good as you guys are. <laughs> you know, I'm watching North Dakota and I'm thinking like no disrespect to them, but like I think the Tarpons should beat these guys. I'm watching Lakeshore yesterday and again no disrespect to them. They earned their spot there and I'm thinking the Tarpons could beat these guys. Like I think you guys lost in the quarterfinals but were unquestionably one of the top four teams in the state and that probably makes it thing a little bit more.
0: Yeah,
8: it, it does, you know, and uh you know it, it's a combination of things that happen over the course of a season. Uh you know why you fall the way that you fall and why uh you know South Tarbone's not the 15 best team in class 4A, I can guarantee you that. Uh but uh look, that there was a time during the season where I thought we were the best team in class 4A. That, that stretch uh from the beginning of district to right around once we had uh, wrapped up that Vanderbilt series, I don't I mean, you look at scores, you look at common opponents, you look at the way that we were playing, the way that we were dominating. I'd find it hard to, you know, find a team that was playing better in the state of Louisiana. And, uh, you know, baseball's like that. You know, if you, if you could bottle it up and, you know, everybody says you want to peak at the right time, peak at the right time, well, what the hell? It's not like going to tell you kids, stop playing so good right now so we can play good later. You know, you, you try to build and build on it. And uh, in baseball, it's just kind of hard to keep that momentum up throughout a 35, 40-game season. Uh but no, uh, I think that if you look at it, uh, you know, I went back and watched the two games yesterday and it kinda of, like you say makes you sick to your stomach because you know that uh you're as good or better than some of the teams playing there. But uh but you know, you're not. So you take your cap off to the team that beat you, you pull for them, uh you lick your wounds a little bit, the sun rises tomorrow and uh you know, you try to get back after it in whatever phase of life you're moving into.
7: This is gonna be a big well, off season for you all because you got a lot, lot of, of starting positions up
8: for grabs next season
7: and that's going to mean that Swampland's going to be big and everything that you guys are trying to do in the weight room is going to be big. Like, talk about that because, you know, it's easy to say, okay, well, this last season was great, but there's a long way before next spring. But really there's not. Like, you guys got to get back at it, and the Swampland season should be big for you all to try to get those reps for those younger players. Like, you guys are going to be right back on the grind here in just the next couple of weeks.
8: Yeah, look, it's uh, it's going to be something where I, I think we definitely have talented players in our program. But like uh, I was talking about earlier, after the twenty eighteen season where we lose that class with the Blake O'Gall, Austin Cantra, we had Javi Sherman, as the only guy that had ever seen a pitch on the varsity level. So that summer was very important for us to get those guys up to speed, see the varsity pitching. And look, dude, in the same situation back then as we are now. You know, back then we had a, I was actually the JV coach back then, and I think we went like eleven and two with guys like Evan Guidros, Austin Danos. And it was just about getting those guys caught up to speed and seeing the speed of the game because it's a, it's a night and day difference between JV and varsity. The speed of the velocity, of the pitchers, the uh, catcher pop times, uh, the way the guys move for balls, it all just speeds up. So it's very important this summer that we get our guys acclimated to that speed uh, because it's a talented group. I believe our final record was 9-2 and two this season and two games that we lost. Uh, we ended up avenging our loss to Vanderbilt. And our JV loss against Covington was the one where we made five errors in the first inning. You know? so, uh, and we lost a one-run game. So uh, there's definitely talent in this group. Uh, we could definitely compete with these kids that we have coming up. It's just that the depth that we had last season is just not going to be there. It may never be there again, quite frankly, for the next 20, 25 years that I plan on being here. Uh, there's a reason that we calling this group the best group in South LaFouche history. It's not to knock on our kids coming up, Is that, you know, 55 teams before didn't do what this group did either. So it's no shame. Uh, it's just the depth of talent that we had this past season and the depth that played varsity baseball. It's something unlike I've ever been a part of. So this uh, this summer is very important for us to get our kids caught up to speed with the game, uh, find depth, especially in the pitching rotation. And uh, look, I've I, I'm pretty confident I've been telling the kids all season how much I like that group. I think we'll definitely be competitive with this group. Uh, I don't think we'll be able to duplicate eight, nineteen, twenty home runs like we just did this season, but there's different ways to win baseball games besides the long ball game. Uh, so it's going to be about finding the approach that we want, uh, building a culture of winning. I know a lot of summers that uh, you've covered us, Casey, it's been more of we as many guys' experience as possible. No, we got to get these guys up to speed and finding a lineup that's going to win baseball games, so that's going to be our focus this summer. So
7: talk to me, Coach, about, you know, your schedule. You guys are moving to one round of district play, and, you know, you guys are going to be adding a district team, so it's going to be one extra district opponent, but you're going to only be playing the one round. So that means you guys are going to likely have to schedule more non-district games. Like, do you add a tournament or do you play more midweek games? Like, how do you offset that difference?
8: Yeah, right now we uh, we switched a couple of things. We're definitely getting out of that John Curtis tournament uh, week three. Instead of going to Riverdale's tournament week two, we're actually going to play a three game series at North Lake Christian next year in Covington. And uh, we're adding uh, teams like I believe this morning we just added Riverdale to the schedule. H L Bourgeois, Homer Christian, Covenant Christian. Uh, you know, just some some teams that just to get as many games as you can and uh with this district i mean i don't know if you stopped and looked at and realized you know it's uh three teams that are playing for state titles this weekend are going to be in our district next year that's absurd man that's and we were the district champions the past two years and we're not one of them so that shows you the depth in our district uh so uh we feel that with one round of district we'll be able to get all the power points we need that's kind of why we uh we did it like this, and that way it gave flexibility for other teams to go try to get wins outside of the district or for uh, teams on the top end to go get uh, bigger PowerPoint games. Uh, I think it's going to work out great, but it's uh, it's really just about finding teams that right now we only have like four or five home games on the schedule as far as teams that I can find willing to come here as far as the new ones that we've added. So uh, what I'm doing, I'm going to be looking toward the New Orleans area, some of those 5A schools in the New Orleans area to come down here and play and, uh, and then go from there. What do you tell what did you tell Jacob? And what I mean by that is like, he's
7: going to be such a big part of what you are doing next year. He was such a big part of what you all did this year. And his last outing on the mound was, was a not very good outing. And I know that he takes it hard, but that's just the type of kid he is. He has so much pride in what he does. What do you tell him to let him know? Like, You've got to wash that away because you're going to be a big, big part of what we're doing.
8: Yeah, and I mean, we put our arms around Jacob right after that happened. And in baseball, you can never pin a loss on a guy or anything like that. He had a bad outing. we had uh, Deuce had a bad outing on the Friday. Uh, but those are the guys that deserve to be in those spots. You know, you, you ride or die with the guys that got you there. Uh, so they absolutely deserve to be in those spots. Uh, sometimes things happen, you know. And uh, the biggest thing that we try to get Jacob to understand is that he threw three outs in that inning to get us out of there. You know, we had the fly ball. Uh, We had a bunt that we should have been able to uh, get an out on. And we had a ground ball to third base that we should have been able to get an out on. And it it didn't happen. He did enough. It wasn't his best, but he did enough for us to win that game. And we got to make plays behind our guy. Um, You know, everyone was frustrated uh, with the situation. Everybody was sickened over it. But, uh, you know, you got to go with the guys that got you there. And Jacob is the guy that got us there. He absolutely deserved to be on the mound in that spot. And he is going to be the big, uh, you know, cornerstone piece of our program next year. Uh, it's about keeping him up, man. That guy, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's right away. He's back to football one Monday, man. It's about keeping him up, be, keeping him busy. I called him the night after it happened and just talked to him. And it, he, just, he was just trying to kind of put it past him and stop thinking about it. You know, the second he left the party, that's all that was on his mind. But uh, you just need to know that he's loved. We, we know what kind of player he is, what he's capable of. And I think you're going to see some great things from number 11 next year
0: happy to hear that he's taken that well tell Tell me about that man because you
8: know it is
7: spring football time and you're out there with the football team uh as an assistant coach how are the Tarpons working on the football field man i know that they're kind of almost in the same boat as you all baseball wise in that replacing a lot of starters and you know you don't want to say starting you but have a lot of guys
8: who are going to be on the field who don't have a whole lot of experience how's that been so far Oh, actually, Casey, Coach Young has been gracious enough to give me the spring off, uh, just coming off of a long season and letting me concentrate on scheduling and getting our summer program ready. Uh, but talking to the other coaches about how practice is going, man, they have a lot of things that they, uh, they've they been seeing that they love. I know a couple of the uh, young running backs are guys that are coming back that look fantastic. They're excited about that. Uh, you know, and like you say, it's both sports are going through the same thing. Basketball's going to go through the same thing. I mean, this senior class in all sports is going to go down as one of the top senior classes in the history of our school. Uh, Just great people, great kids, great athletes, and it's going to be tough to replace them. So I think we're all in the same boat, Uh, but we're all in it together. I think next year you're going to see a lot more multi-sport athletes. I know a lot of my baseball guys are going to be playing football this year more than in previous years, uh, you know, giving it a shot. So, uh I'm all for it, man. I'm not a coach that discourages that. I had uh, Lance Reynolds, who coached me a long time ago. He always said, Chandler, the best baseball player or football players. You know, you want guys batting in the top or bottom of the seventh inning who've been through two-a-days, who have that, you know, that grit to them, that grind in them, that have been through the wars, you know. So, uh, very encouraged to see the numbers in our football program picking back up that benefits all sports.
7: Cool. Football-wise, like, coaches are always on here talking about numbers. Like, oh, you know, I want 70 kids. Or, you know, I want you know, 65 kids. Or, you know, Kyle was saying, would he be like, so, hey, yeah, I want as many kids that are willing to play. Baseball's a little bit different because, you know, you can't pack you know, 80 kids into a dugout. So sometimes, you know, you've got to do cuts or whatever it may be. But is there an ideal number? Is there a sweet spot of, like, okay, I want to keep this many kids in the program? And if so, what's that number?
8: Uh, I think last year uh, we had our numbers a little bit too inflated. It had a lot to do with having a big senior class. And, uh, you know, not too many of our freshmen, or uh, freshmen, I'm sorry, sophomores or juniors actually got bumped up at varsity level. So we left with a JV team where we're trying to get 18, 19 guys reps, and that that's hard to live with, you know. Uh, so it kind of depends on how big your senior class is because, remember, those seniors can't play down. It's only younger guys that can move up. And with so many senior starters, it was hard to move guys up. Uh, So I think uh, next year, I think we have like a uh, seven-man senior class. I think our number uh, next year of around 30 varsity, JV would be great with uh, 10 to 12 freshmen uh, mixed in there. So I think as a varsity program, whenever you have normal numbers, about 30 is uh, kind of that sweet spot for us. And then, uh, you know, 10, 12, 15, depending on how how big your freshman class is. We're very blessed to have a lot of coaches, a lot of volunteer coaches that were able to coach all these kids and get them work. Uh, but as far as game reps, we really want that JV and varsity level to be guys that are on the field and not a whole lot of guys sitting on the bench for both games. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's very well said.
7: Coach, in terms of, you know, uh, coaches, coaches
8: always say, you know,
7: when you're replacing a great starter or whenever you're having, a you know, a, another season coming off of a great season, coaches always talk about the challenge of, you know, instead of trying to, you know, live up to what that previous player or that previous team did, you know, make your own identity, make your own mark, you know, be who you are instead of trying to be what that other person was. You're going to have a group that's going to be almost entirely new starters, but the expectations are just still going to be there to have success, obviously. But how do you make sure, as you said, that they're not trying to hit, you know, grand slam home runs, that they're playing to the levels and to the you know, abilities that they have as opposed to the abilities that they've seen other players have?
8: Yeah, and look, it's about, uh, you know, forming your own identity with that group and we're going to be able to find it out real early on next season. Um, you know, and really into the summer is where we're going to really see a lot of it. And it's for the guys not to put any unjust pressure on themselves. The pressure is going to be there no matter what. And it's for us, us as coaches to, you know, let them know exactly and be very specific as far as what's expected of them. It's going to be a different style. Uh, but you know, these kids have been told their whole, uh, their whole uh, high school career that, Man, well, once that, uh, that 22 class graduates, is going to be tough for who to should be what they were. So, you know, our theme as uh, players and coaches is going to be to prove them wrong. Uh, we're going to probably get shirts made prove them wrong. You either prove them right or you prove them wrong. we got our eyes to the occasion to keep this program to the standard that we set it at. Very good.
0: Well, look, my friend, thank you so much for the time. Be, be careful. On that. I rode
8: out to Lake Charles tomorrow, but I will see you there. All right, man, Yep, I'm taking off at uh, 2.30 today. As soon as school bell is over, I'm going to go try to catch the 1A and 2A games. And uh, we'll see you out there tomorrow, brother. All right, take care, man. That is Coach Stanley D.C. So doing a, a wonderful, wonderful job, as
7: always. Look, man. South Pacific is young. They're going to have a lot of players that are going to not have a whole lot of experience, but they're going to be in good hands. They've got a great coaching staff, and they're going to be, you know, playing in a brutally tough district. There's no easy outs when You're facing, you know, South Terrebonne has got – Jackson Martin and Logan Mallard back. There's no easy out there. Your You're facing Vanderbilt and Lutcher and all the great programs in that district. But I think they'll be in contention. Um, but set us a break. When we get back, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs. We had one team go out last night. That was my 76ers. I'm going to lament that and whine and cry over the air for the next 15 to 20 minutes. But bear with me. You're listening to Play by Play. We'll be right back after this. And at 1215, we'll have Damian St. Pierre.
1: It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep. Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
3: Hello, friends. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bellchase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
1: Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic 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 ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed.
5: Yep, it's that time of year. Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and night in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's activities for the rodeo on Friday: we have DJ Frozen. We also have a cornhole tournament, followed by shorts in December. Saturday, we have bingo and mimosas. DJ Frozen again. Rough and ready, we have our awards, a live auction. And closing it out, we have junior lacrosse from 8 to 11. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo, coming this July 7th, 8th, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
9: Damien is on.
7: Play-by-play play here on 102.7 and 1600 AM. We, I, Craig, we have Damien on, on the line? Yes. Oh, okay, I will right,
8: well, we'll go, go to Damien
7: St. here on this segment of Play-by-play. Play. Good morning, my friend. How are you?
10: Hey, Case, I could, I could barely hear you, man. I don't know if we have some connection issues, but I could, I could hear you, but
7: barely.
0: Okay. okay, yeah, we're, we're doing the show. We're man, I heard a truck. I heard
7: great so We wanted to talk about the NBA playoffs last night. My 76ers go out 99-90 to 90 to the Miami Heat. And look, dude, this is hard for me to admit, and I'll do a whole segment on this in the next segment of the show. My dude James Harden was lost, man. He can't get into the lanes. He's struggling to score. And even when Philadelphia needed his offense, they couldn't get anything from him last night. That was kind of painful for me to watch.
10: No, he, Casey. Just being honest, man, he looked like he quit out there. Um, it didn't look like he was getting much help, and Jimmy Butler was giving pretty much everybody in that building the absolute business. He uh, he was ready to he was ready to close it out last night. He was ready to tell everybody how better he was than Tobias Harris, and he had he had himself a night defensively and and uh, and offensively. So let's talk
0: about the other game that was last <laughs> night, because. This
7: Dallas and Phoenix thing is hard for me to figure out because on one hand, like I'm thinking to myself, okay, Phoenix is much better than Dallas. They're a championship contender. Dallas is just kind of a team that is very reliant on one player. Luka Doncic is scoring and getting triple doubles and everything. But on the flip side to that, like when Dallas wins, they're beating the brakes off of them. Last night they blew Phoenix out. Now it's going to game seven. And if I'm a Suns fan, I'm worried because when you're facing Doncic in a one-game situation, he may go for 55 in game seven. And then, guess what, you're going home. Like, the Dallas, I don't think is as good as Phoenix, but in a one-game situation, they're scary as hell because Doncic is capable of doing anything out there.
10: I don't know what's going on in that series. You and I, we didn't even talk about that last week because we, I, I just believe that both of us thought that the series was completely over with. And then we're talking this week, and we're going to Game Seven. I just don't think the Suns play enough defense, especially last night. We talked a lot last week about teams just kind of getting in there and maybe going through the floor games and hoping to win at the end. But by the end, you're down 20. There was a blowout last night, and you know Luca kind of took over, and you got uh, Dinwiddie hitting shots. You, I mean, it's just they're getting the Mavs are getting some support from a lot of other players that they don't normally, and I think it might have might have hit the Suns maybe a little unexpectedly. And then the Suns are going really, really deep into their roster. Last night, uh, you pull out uh, Biyamo Bismack for 14 minutes. I just—it's—it's a—the—the the Mavs are definitely trending in the right direction, and I'm, I'm actually going to favor them in that one-game situation because if Luka gets in his role and you can't stop him, there's nobody on that Suns roster that could actually that could even slow him down
7: when he's rolling. So. You know, last Friday, I'll give you props, man. Because we were talking about Boston and Milwaukee. when we were talking about, okay, Milwaukee won game one in a blowout. Then Boston won game two in a blowout. And I was asking like, okay, which thing here is reality? Or is reality actually somewhere in the middle? And that's exactly what you said it was, and that we have a bunch of close games here coming home. And that's exactly what we've seen. Games three, four, and five in that Boston and Milwaukee series have been very tight, very physical, very hard fought. And they've they all been decided by single digits. The Bucks lead three to two. Will they close out tonight at home, or will this thing go back to Boston for game seven?
10: I'm going to look for the Bucks to close out tonight. I think it's their time. Uh, Giannis is playing some unbelievable basketball. And again, you're looking at all these teams, Casey. And it's it's awesome to see that a lot of these teams that are having success are are coming from the draft, and it's not the teams that are just being kind of put together through free agency, but. Uh, you know, both of these both of these teams are kind of the same. The Celtics and the Bucks—they both hard fought defensively. I just think the, at this time, I think the Celtics are, are still a year away. I just think the Bucks are going to close out tonight. Too much Giannis.
0: Yeah, I agree with
7: that. Um, the, the, the Grizzlies, man, the Grizzlies are a tough like team to figure out because they got John Moran. He's scoring forty and forty-five points and getting triple doubles, but. When he's not in the lineup, they're just as good. They were like 19-5 and or something like that without him during the season. They almost won without him in Oakland in Game 4. Then they come back in Game 5, and at one time they were winning by more than 50 points. Game 6 is in Oakland, and I think everybody's expecting Golden State to get rid of them tonight. But I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis gives them all kinds of grief again tonight. Like That's just a team to play hard, man. Yeah, they came out of nowhere with
10: last night's game, but the, the Warriors just don't take care of the basketball at the end of the day. And they, were, the Grizz, were on fire last night. There's no doubt about that. Tyus Edney came out of nowhere uh, to, to lead the team in scoring last night. Last time I seen him, he, he was in a Duke uniform, um, just scrappy. I think they're playing with a with a chip on their shoulder, but I just think it's, it's not going to be enough. I think Golden State may have taken the night off last night after they got down. You know, we, we, again, we talked about that previously. Teams are just all right, Let's go to the next, one. We'll, you know we'll get them next time. And you know at home, I just I think the Warriors is going to be too much. I think that was a one game kind of deal where the Grizz just wanted to stay alive.
7: So let's talk a little bit about the NBA draft That's lottery because the, the Pelicans are in the draft lottery. They own the pick that will belong to the Los Angeles Lakers and. You know, I think this year's NBA draft is interesting because there are so many guys that could legitimately be the number one pick. Right now I'm looking at drafts, and Some of them have Jabari Smith, number one. Some of them have Jaden Ivey, number one, the guard from Purdue. There are other folks that say, hey, Chad Holmes and Gonzaga is the guy you could take, because he's seven foot and he could shoot three-pointers and he'll be like Kevin Durant. Then there's uh, Apollo, Apollo Banchero from Duke who's you know, prolific and could score from all three ranges of the floor. If the Pelicans get the number one pick, who do you think that they should take out of that four-man group that looks like they all have a good uh, right to be the number one pick?
10: I think from the fit, the way the Pelicans play basketball, they really play kind of a positionless type of offense. I think Jabari Smith's going to be that guy. I've been hampering on Auburn since we started this, this Friday segment. Uh, you know, back in, back in March, I just... I, that was one of my favorite players to watch. He's long. He's athletic. That's the type of players that the, the Pelicans seem to be going after. Kind of a little, maybe a, a bigger version of kind of like a Herb Jones. Maybe he could score a little bit better. My secondary pick, you already, you already named him, uh, Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Another guy that could really score, when, especially when he's coming downhill. Um, I'm just, I would, I would really be excited to see Jabari Smith in a Pelicans uniform.
7: So what are your thoughts on Holmgren? Because there's no one in between, right? There's no one that I've spoken to, no one that you know i, I converse with that just says, oh, yeah, he's going to be okay. He's going to 15 points and eight rebounds. No one says that. They either say, okay, he's going to be like Kevin Durant or Yana, or they say, oh, he's too skinny, he's going to get pushed down, he's going to be out of the league in three years. I've watched him play in college, and I'll be honest, I think he's not strong enough physically to survive. I get it, you could add some weight, but... I don't know, I'm a little bit worried about him. What do you think about Chet Holmgren as an NBA prospect?
10: I haven't seen too much on him, but kind of like you said, he's uh he's a little small for for the position that he plays and man those, they don't really turn out uh, you know the the best players from from there. And I'm not I'm not so on him. I'm I'm a, like I said, man, I'm a big Jabari Smith guy. and I just think that he's going to be probably the best player that comes out of that draft.
7: Yeah, very, very good stuff. Uh, look, man, we've got some crazy boxing stuff to talk about. Both you and I last week, and, man, we were talking about, okay, Canelo Alvarez is fighting, and this is going to be just kind of a tune-up fight, and there's no way this guy's going to challenge him, and all of this, that, and the other. Well, lo and behold, I'm sitting over here on Saturday night, and I'm just kind of strolling through Twitter, and I'm seeing my my Twitter feed blow up because everybody's saying, hey, man, Canelo's getting the snot beat out of him. But then I go... And you'll find a stream of the fight. And sure enough, like Alvarez just got crumbled last weekend and it really wasn't even all that close. Like the dude just beat the shot out of him. What happened? You know, like, was he just not focused? Like obviously I don't think he's at the age that he lost up, but like what happened? Because that was out of left field completely. Not just that he lost because hey, in boxing you could get hit by one punch and lose, but the fact that over a complete fight, the dude just outworked him and beat the hell out of him yeah scores were
10: way way too close on that by the way um off night you know teams have an off shooting night boxers could have an off night or maybe overtrained uh maybe undertrained possibly looked over his opponent but uh you know bevault didn't come he didn't come to play he came to win and he that's exactly what he did and you know canelo may may have cost himself uh, a huge payday and 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 a, and a uh, a mega fight in the process of not showing up on Saturday night. He just wasn't ready. I don't. I don't think he was prepared. Or not in my personal opinion. I think he got. I think he overlooked him. He didn't think that Vival would come with the the work rate that he did. and I thought he could. He thought that he would just be able to walk him down and do whatever he wanted. And that was totally not the case on Saturday night.
7: So what happens next? Because you and I, I both know the uh, what they were. You know, we talk about how everything in life could relate to wrestling. We know how this was being booked, right? This was being booked so that Canelo could win so that he could fight triple G again and that they could have their trilogy. Now is that still going to happen or does he have to have a rematch with the guy who did beat him next? Like where does where do we go from here and, and you know, what's kind of the next steps now that the plans have kinda of got thrown in disarray a little bit? You know, some
10: some guys are not judged by their record and judging by their wins and losses, and I think Canelo has that stardom that it doesn't matter, that people are going to come watch him fight no matter what. Um, and I, I just think, in my opinion, that that fight's still going to happen with Triple G, even though Triple G looked you know, not, not the greatest in his last outing either. I just think it's something that people want to see. I think it's already in the in the process. But, no, uh, Vince, McMahon, Vince McMahon cannot write this script for boxing. You have to actually show up and, and take care of business. But I still think the fight will happen. I still think there's a lot of notice, but I – a lot of a lot of uh, eyes that that want to be on that, and people want to watch that. I just don't. It's not going to be the payout that both boxers thought they were getting. and I don't think it's going to be the mega fight that the fans want to see. It's just it'll it'll be uh, a pay per view event that just won't have that hype that that they had originally.
8: It'll it'll still happen. So let me ask you this and I'm almost
7: afraid
8: of what the answer is going to be.
7: If L.O. were to fight Triple G again, but. Okay. Also, Mike Tyson were to fight Logan or Jake Paul, with this kind of rumor that that may happen sometime in the future. Which fight would have more buys? Do you think? That's, that's
10: a difficult question, man. Uh, anytime Tyson fights is gonna be is gonna be something special. Look, he could have sold that fight. Uh, he could have had fifty million views on. uh oh, he probably had way more than that. The guy he fought in the on the airplane. Uh, I got a nod with Tyson. There's there's a there's a uh, an it factor that he has, and he he carries a lot of weight from the 80s, 90s into today. And I just he's he's still reveling today. As not as much as he was, but people want to see that, and it's a sideshow. People are going to watch that more than they're going to watch, uh, you know, a, a box match between two studs that is two stars right now. I just I think Tyson will get more biased.
7: Oh, that's correct. And and you know what's the scariest part and the the craziest part of that? Yeah, is I think that you're absolutely right. I think that that the Tyson fight would draw more. Very quickly, and then we'll ask you about some A.E. stuff. I saw, you know, Mustang and those guys, they had their big wrestling show over at Thibodeau to the at E.D. White. Looks like they drew a large crowd, which is very impressive, given that it was an outside show in the middle of a hot day. So, man, Mustang is true. Raising some money for E.D. White, doing a great job, man. Looks like they had a very successful event.
10: Dad look, I I didn't get a chance to go like I wanted to, but I mean, uh, you know, Kyle made a made a deal with, with some of his players whoever had the the most tickets sold got this special treatment in the ring or whatever. And you know, he made it he made it worthwhile. And you know, Mustang came in there did a great job of promoting it.
11: You know, and being
10: able to, to kind of get in there with with, with Coach Kyle the saying, and you know, he's a big wrestling fan. I don't know if he likes everybody to know that, but uh, to come together, heard they had over five hundred people in the crowd. You it, know, it, it was outside, so you had to kind of bare the elements but it looked like a terrific show and i'm, I'm glad it went off the way it did um you know, it's that's always a fun that's always a, it's got to be a great fundraiser and something fun to do and it's different and uh it's awesome to have that in our community yeah very
3: good before we let you go buddy where are you guys
7: playing this weekend if you guys are playing at all and, and what's been going on i know you played last weekend and did pretty well again how things been going to the class, man. lady it's going well.
10: Um, our, our sixth grade team still undefeated. Our fifth grade team took their first loss last week. It's a very talented team. Uh, we went two and one on the day. We played some really good basketball. Sometimes I just have to sit there and watch and manage the game. And I was talking to a couple of parents about that. It's a, it's fun to watch and it's fun to be a part of and it. it's fun to see all that work that those girls put in. Um, you know, just be able to show that off and it, I had multiple coaches and multiple parents from other squads come and tell me, Coach, how do you do what you're doing? It's not nothing to do with me. It's all to do with the girls' hard work ethic, listening, and, and just loving the game and wanting to play. Uh, this weekend, got to give a shout-out to my boy, Eric Graby, who's hosting uh, the Battle on the River 9. We've 50, got 55 teams in, uh, in six different gyms in the Baton Rouge area at Thrive Academy. I believe that's where he coaches. And then also playing at Bruley High. We have our fifth-grade girls playing at... Uh, tomorrow, got two games tomorrow in a bracket. Our sixth grade girls play tomorrow, two games in a bracket. We'll be there bright and early at eight fifteen, and then uh, we'll close out the day throughout the afternoon to go into a bracket play on Sunday. Always a great time with Coach Eric Gravy. He treats uh, treats the Flash very well, and uh, as, as well as he does everybody else, he does a great job, and that's why he gets so much support on that. Uh, you know, over, having fifty five teams in one tournament that's that's unbelievable.
7: I did a story on the New South footprint, uh, Ms. Samantha, with and, and one of the things that she told me that I know is going to make you happy and is going to make everybody happy, she told me, and she went out of her way to tell me, hey, we think we're going to have our competitions in back for the fall semester, which would mean by August or September. How much easier would that make things than just knowing that, hey, you guys would have some more facilities to, to practice in for AAU and also for Golden Medal." And then also, you know, every game won't have to be a road game. And I get it, the Golden medal game is okay, but just knowing that, you know, things are starting to open back up and there's more gym availability, and that'll be good for Biddy, that'll be good for AAE, that'll be good for the middle schools, that'll be good for everybody. It's wonderful to hear her say that those games may be opening up sooner than what people realize. Yeah, that's awesome.
10: Like you said, not only for our athletes, just for our community in general, just to have a sense of, hey, we're coming back, and we're coming back stronger than we were before uh opportunity for you know for kids to be able to play in any sport is gonna be great. Keeping them busy, keeping them occupied, learning the skill at the same time, making friends, being being involved in the community. Kind of got goosebumps talking about this, you know, I'm very passionate about this just our community's coming back. Our kids are our kids are getting opportunities to do things and I'm I'm hoping we could uh you know have a clean hurricane season this year and, and we'll be back in full swing in our new sports. Good to hear, you know, more and more things are popping up. It's it's awesome it's, it's this community is great. We have great athletes. We have great kids. And it's it's just it's a pleasure to be around and be a part of.
7: Well, buddy, thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again next Friday. Okay, my man. You got it. Yep, that is, Dan. Thank think you're doing a wonderful job. job. Hope that everybody was able to uh, enjoy that interview wherever you are. Here on this wonderful Friday, this is play-by-play. We're going to catch a break when we get back. We'll talk some NBA playoffs. I'll give my take on all the series, and then uh, a little later in the show, we've got all weekend predictions and our betting picks. So, see the play-by-play and we do. We'll be right back after this. Uh, Casey,
2: we uh, we have three envelopes we need to discuss uh, mm-hmm. when we come back on the air. Uh, three envelopes with uh, three Sot Lafouche baseball player names on them, but we'll we'll talk okay. about it after the next Sounds break. Good.
6: Let's do it. Let's get the break. Then trucks got some
7: mail to open here on play by play.
6: Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection. Or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000.
12: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving LaFouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Cola, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and many more. Industrial power systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano.
9: Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too, through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call
5: State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988.
11: you have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines. Brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through. No appointment necessary. 3T oil change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798 7401. Proud supporter of South Lafourche Sports. 3T oil change says good. Tarpons!
7: You All pieces just square here. Before we wrapped up our last segment, Truck was at the controls out on the road. So you'll say, Hey, the mail has passed and he's got some envelopes that he's ready to hand out. Truck, what you got, my friend?
2: Well, uh, the, the mailman has passed and there are three, three T all change gift certificates, three envelopes. Looks like Darren Dusey, Horna Congley. And there's one with a question mark, Jonah Kale, and it's still under further review. What
0: but further review from who? Do we
7: have to <laughs> vote again? Do we have to petition to get this put on an official election day ballot? Oh
2: <laughs> boy, we're gonna give him the home run beans. It's a, I was gonna say a little league home run, but no, I can't insult uh, uh, Jonah. That that was a. Uh, A great triple with a little side issue on the defense, but uh, he came across home plate for a score. So I have my three home run certificates. We came through with our promise, our 3-T all change, home run challenge. And I just think we were one or two home runs short this past weekend. Yeah, I
7: think you're right, unfortunately. The man, the Gators are rolling up. I had buddy for the beginning of the show didn't but a wants to talk with you about this. That's where everyone just went up and know they just they just mowed down Lakeshore. There was no drama. They lined up, got an early lead, never let up. Lakeshore only got a run of the third base once in the entire game. The gators took care of business and now they're one run away and look it's gonna have to take their best effort because North Vermillion is is excellent. But as we said earlier in the show, you don't have to be better than North Vermillion ten times. You've got to be better than North Vermillion one time. And in, as you know, in baseball, anything could happen in that one game. Yeah, they're throwing their ace, and I think that they got a great shot tomorrow to make history. And Sam so was telling me this yesterday, and I didn't realize this. There's never been a Terrebonne High School public school to ever make it to the championship game in baseball. And there's only ever been one school in Terrebonne, Paris baseball, to ever even make it to Sulphur. And that's been South Terrebonne has done it three times. So every time that team takes the field, man, they're taking, they're making history. Now they've got a chance, seven innings away from winning it all.
2: I tell you what, their their uh, pitching staff didn't get tested, uh, you know. Deep the the starter went all the way. I think that is a key for tomorrow's game that they didn't have to use any other arms that I know of. But what an exciting game to listen to! It, it was. Uh, Pins and needles. And uh, Lakeshore had a couple of cracks at it, but they didn't come through. And uh, some, some good defense, a couple of double plays. That was uh, a, a key. Key hitting, key coaching, and key, key running and players with, with great gloves. Uh, and a masterful piece uh, on the mound. So Lakeshore went home gators are playing for the class 4a championship
0: and and
7: i think one of the things that was the most interesting
2: is is that you know we see a
7: lot of these teams there's there's multiple fields out there and there's a lot of games going on you see as one game will go final you know the team is dog piling and they're throwing their gloves in the air now table had a little celebration but it really was kind of light because they're not just in that mode of okay we're going to just get this off and then go home no their celebration is, hey, they want to win the last game. They want to win the championship. So they were kind of in that mode of, hey, we're expecting to win tomorrow. This, are, or today against Witcher. like, this really wasn't that big of a deal. And Coach Barbara kind of echoed that as such. as, like, hey, these kids are no longer just satisfied to be here. These kids are here knowing that they want to win two games a while here. Uh, and I think you can see that that, that that growth and that maturation, because last year, The opposite. Last year, they were just kind of content to be in that situation, and they ended up faltering and going home in the semis. Now they've got bigger eyes on the prize, and that's a team that has seven innings away. They've got a shot, but look, not just them. vanderbilt has got a shot tonight. We've got two teams from the Homer-Shibidel area that within the next 24 hours could both be state champions. It's unbelievable how good our local high school baseball has been.
2: How many state championship teams have come from? Lafourche or Terrebonne Parish.
7: Ed White has won a few, and Vanderbilt has won a few, um, but not many, not many. You know, it's not been a whole heck of a lot.
2: But the public um, schools have it, right? Not that I could recall. Oh, I
7: don't think Thibodeau's or North Central has ever done it, or North South has not ever done it, and no one in Thibodeau, and no one in Terrebonne Parish has ever done. it. No one ever in wow. Terrebonne Parish has ever even been to Salton, So, oh
2: wow. So, big game tomorrow. Let's give them a lot of support by either going to the game or tuning in. Uh, Programming note, uh, we were supposed to have them on all three stations because uh, due to Nichols State changing their entire weekend schedule, they played last night, they're playing tonight, and they are playing at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So, the Gators... Uh, game uh, against North Vermilion will be on 102.7 and 1600 and on iTunes,
7: uh, KLEB. Okay, very good. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that everybody knows that the Colonel's car- are going to be over on the FM and that South Carolina will be over on the AM and 102.7. So that's very good. Man, we had a big audience yesterday. We were talking about that on the ride home and Dan and I were both getting a lot of text messages and Dan told me that Government Tower offices, they all had the radio on, So, you know, Guardy and all his folks out there, they were listening and enjoying the game. And The crowd was a little bit lighter just because I think it's a weekday and you know, it's a long travel. and It's a weekday in the middle of the day. But I got the feeling that tomorrow there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to be heading out to West Louisiana. And I'm not expecting a light crowd tomorrow. I think it's going to be packed. And I think that also it'll be a great showcase because as the Gators are playing North Vermillion. On the field right across the way, Burroughs will be playing Lutcher, which those are two local teams as well. And Coach Guitro said this earlier in the show, three teams from his district next year, as so you're adding Lutcher to the district, three teams in that local baseball district are going to be playing for state championships. You've got the Gators in 4A, you've got Lutcher in 3A, you've got Vanderbilt in Division two. Three teams in our local district are going to have shots to win it all. Man, it's a murder. Wow, that's a brutal district.
2: That that that's just a a, a testament to, to the commitment kids have made and the the schools have made into all the the baseball and softball programs. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about that. And look, they're playing at a younger
7: age, and you know they're they're being taught the game the right way at a younger age, and it, it's just been wonderful to see. And, I think that, um, I think that we're going to have some champions. I think that the Terriers have as good a shot as anybody. They've got a great chance tonight. I think South with Arsenal in the mound has a great shot. And then obviously the with her luck, or one of them is going to bring it home. So it's wonderful to see. And look, if you're on the fence about whether or not you want to make the trip or whatever it may be, if you're worried about the heat or whatever, there's big, big stands out there at the park. You're not going to have to be sitting out in the sun and everything like that. There's a nice shaded area and everything. So make the trip. It's some beautiful fields. you will be able to watch a bunch of teams play some great high-level baseball. I would strongly encourage everyone to do so.
2: Well, it's, the weather should be fine. Uh, I don't know what the wind's going to be like. Uh, I, did any of the balls ever fly out the park in in the, either the two games?
8: Um, in the two-game series
2: between the no, uh, <laughs> the, the North Vermilion game and the Gators game.
7: Not in the Gators game. I know North Vermillion scored a ton of runs, so I'd imagine they may have hit one out. It was like kind of blowing across the way, so it was was going across the field yesterday. But North Vermillion had some loud roars and had a bunch of runs. I think maybe a ball or two maybe snuck over yesterday. And look, it's not all that deep. So if you hit it hard and you hit it on the barrel, you can get it out. It's not you know a park that you know like a minor league park or anything like that. It's built to high speed dimensions. You can get it out if you hit it on the barrel.
2: And it sounded like uh, for the Gators in the Titans game that the outfielders did some outstanding catches on the run covering a lot of territory.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Gators outfield. Look, the the, the right, right fielder of Oakland is a guy that we we'll probably never would talk about because, you know, he's kind of a bottom-of-the-order guy. He plays right field, not a whole lot of balls usually hit that way. But yesterday he made some great plays, some basic saving plays. And, then of course, Petrie out in left field. Do some more things for so the Gators. they one of the best high school that you'll ever see. Um, the Gator defense has been a big story. It's certainly been a big story. It's one of the reasons why they are where they are. And, you know, Coach Revalia told me many years ago, you know, God rest his soul, He told me, hey, in high school, if you just don't beat yourself, you've got a chance. And the Gators don't commit errors, they make routine the plays, and they do all the things necessary. And that's what's got them to this point. Don't throw
2: the ball around too much. Yep, there's no
7: we're doubt about that. I think they made it. just one or two errors yesterday. So let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll make our weekend predictions. We've got some things that we're expecting to see. You're listening to Play by Play. We've got about 25 minutes to spend with you all. Darren Cayley, we'll be right back after this.
9: Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully, the neighbor who gives you a jump start and the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too, through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right.
5: Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988.
7: Friday. We want to thank Coach San Lazitros for his time. We want to thank Coach Damien St. Pierre for his time. We want to thank everybody for listening throughout the week and being patient with our schedule, which has kind of been evolving here throughout the week. I you know we had to alter things a little bit yesterday with me being on the road and you know, today doing things remotely and having to do with a power outage randomly in the middle of the show. We've been making it happen, but it's certainly been a unique situation. We've got our, our weekend predictions. We're going be coming for you here in this segment, and then we'll get our betting picks at the bottom of the show. But i got to jump right into it. Our first weekend prediction is going to be the one that everybody's going to want to hear about first. I think we're going to have two state champions. I think both South Carolina and Vanderbilt are going to win it all. Vanderbilt meets their ace in the semifinals, yes. But Vanderbilt has two guys now in the finals, be it Mikey Rodriguez, be it Taylor Ogell. That they'll be able to throw against university. Both guys are capable of getting out. I think the carriers are doing that thing that coaches talk about all the time. They're playing their best baseball at the right time of the year. Every baseball team has ebbs and flows and ups and downs. Every baseball team, I don't care who you are, they're going to lose two three games in a row and be in a rut. If you go look at the Los Angeles Dodgers schedule at the end of the season. They'll have three or four times over the course of the year, or they'll go four and six over ten games, and they'll struggle. Every baseball team has that. The, tr- the trick and the challenge is to make sure you're playing your best when it matters the most, and Vanderbilt and South Terabone have both survived those walls. The Terriers had a little lull in district where they struggled and you know, lost a couple of games to you know South LaFouche and you know, didn't play well in some non-district games. They got out of that, got to the other side, and they're playing excellent right now. South Caribbean, the same thing. They were 0-6 in district play. And, you know, we were riding up to the game yesterday in Sulphur with their principal, and I, you know, we were both kind of agreeing and saying the same thing, is that, you know, it's easy to say, oh, they were 1-6, and, but they were playing great teams. And they were, there's no doubt. They were playing great teams. They played Vanderbilt, Assumption, and Sapleboost, lost them all, they were 0-6. But, they also just weren't playing well either. And those, you know, they would have been in danger of losing to just about anybody that they would have played in those matchups. I mean, look, Tom LaFuce beat them 8-1 to one and then 12-2. to two. That's deeper than, oh, you're just playing a good team. That's just, you're not playing well while playing a good team. But they got out of that rut and they got through to the other side. And both teams are playing their best. Both teams have adequate pitching. Both teams are going to have strong fame support. And I think that because of some of the issues that our community has faced with the storm and for everything of the sort, I think they've all just got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think Arsenal is going to throw great for South Caribbean. I think Rodriguez and O'Gell, whoever it may be, is going to throw great for Vanderbilt. And I think both local teams are going to go out in their respective games Vanderbilt tonight in Hammond, um, South Caribbean tomorrow in Sulphur. And I think they're both going to win it all. I think that they are just playing and have that magical season mentality, I think they're both going to win it all. On second weekend prediction, I think the Phoenix Sims are going to destroy the Dallas Mavericks in Game 7 of that series. That'll be played over the weekend. I, I don't know what it is. Phoenix takes games off. They did it with the Pelicans. They're doing it to Dallas right now. Maybe it's because they're older. Maybe it's because you know they just got some apathy because they made it to the finals last year. I don't know what it is, but they have some games where they just don't bring it. But when they do bring it, they blow you out. They've beaten Dallas now several times in the series, lopsided. And I think in game seven, with all the chips on the table, I think the Suns are going to take care of business, and I think they're going to do it decisively. But, again, as I said when Damien was on and we were talking earlier in the show, if I'm a Suns fan, I'm sitting very uneasily right now because it's not a matter of who the best team is necessarily in a game seven. Sometimes it's a matter of which team has the best player in a game seven. And Dallas has Luka Doncic, who in any one game is capable of going for 50. And sometimes in the NBA, that one red-hot player could lock you up and knock you out. So I think the Suns have a better team, but Dallas has the best star player, and that should make them nervous as we approach the game seven, though I think Phoenix will take care of this. My third prediction, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to finish out the Boston Celtics this weekend, and I actually think they're going to do it tonight. And I agree 100% with what everything Damien said earlier when we had him on, is that Boston just feels like they're a year away. They've been into some you know, you know, some fights and some battles in the past. They just feel like they're a year away. Um, they they I don't know. It's something about the, the tandem of Tatum and Brown. just kind of feels awkward. It's not an ideal fit. As Milwaukee has been through the wars, they're the defending champions. They've got Giannis who, you know, goes into the lane head first and barrels through everybody and makes things happen. I think the Bucks are gonna defend their home floor with the toughness of Giannis, with the defense of Drew Holiday. Man, how good is Drew Holiday, by the way? He was with you all and I don't think anybody really appreciated him and I'm kinda of going off on a tangent here. But some of the plays that he made in Game 5 to help Milwaukee win that game against Boston, it's just mind-boggling. Like, at the end of the game, he's making big shots. he lost the shot and then saved the ball off of the guy who shot it out of bounds to get the possession as well. The guy just makes winning basketball plays. He's not going to always score your 45, 30 points. He's not that type of player. But he's going to stick on you like three on defense get on the floor for that loose ball. He's gonna be a willing distributor, passing the basketball, and doing all those little things. He's just a winning player, and he's gotten out of New Orleans and gotten into a situation where, where the team is more in line with trying to win it all and he has thrived. So congratulations to Drew Holiday. This has been remarkable since leaving New Orleans and he already has one championship and he may well get another one, but Dremont is certainly in the hunt. My next weekend prediction I think the LSU baseball team is going to get another series win. I it sounds like a broken record because you know we kind of predict this every weekend now on the Friday shows. But guess what? We're predicting it every weekend because we've been right every weekend. LSU has been on a roll on the baseball diamond. They're now fourteen and um, what is it? Fourteen and eight or something like that in SEC play. They're playing excellent right now, and they're heading into a weekend series where they're going to be taking on Ole Miss. The team that usually you'd be intimidated, right? Oh man, you're playing Ole Miss. That's going to be a big showdown. Ole Miss is not very good this year. They're one of the teams at the bottom. The Tigers have risen up to number 14 in the country. They have got themselves in position right now to where people are talking about national seeds and people are talking about all sorts of things for this LSU team that we didn't think would be possible at the beginning of SEC play. They're 14 and 10, by the way, in the conference right now. But they're, they're two games out of first in the West standing. They've got the second most wins of anyone in the entire SEC, two, the third most wins of anyone in the SEC, trailing just Tennessee and Arkansas. So they're in great position. They're 33 and 15. They've played well away from home. They're 7 and 7 on the road, 25 and 6 at the box. They've an best team that is 10 and 14 in SEC play. I think the Tigers are going to win, too. I, I, I truly believe that. I think their offense is starting to get those timely hits. Their pitching staff has been kind of figured out. they moved here to Friday night, and they're piecing together the other games. And more important than all that other stuff that, you know, that we'd like to talk about, is they're just not beating themselves anymore. Like, where would this LSU team be right now had they not flushed away those three or four games earlier in SEC play that they did? They're fourteen and ten, they likely could have three or four more victories in their belt. They could easily be seventeen and seven in the SEC right now. They could easily be eighteen and six right now. Because remember in the first couple of weekend series, they were losing games by one and two runs and they were committing four and five errors a game. Now that they have limited that, they've cleaned that up, they're making the routine plays, and as a result, predictably They're starting to win games and they're starting to play at a high level and they're moving up in those rankings. Prediction number five, I think that Memphis is going to give Golden State a challenge but will fall short in that series. The drivelies are so fascinating, man. They're such a fun team to watch because at a time where no one really wants to play hard anymore, they do play hard. They compete, they fight, they've got great chemistry. Their hometown, our, our home game atmosphere is a party. Everybody's listening to music and rocking out and dancing. Like they have a ballroom-like atmosphere at their home games. It's wonderful to see, but I think that they're going to come up a little bit short. I think Golden State just has more experience. They have, I don't know if I'd even say more talent, but I think more experience is the better way to say it. I think that the combination of Curry, Thompson, and Green and all the battles that they have been through We'll get them through this series. but I think that this series also has served notice for the rest of the league is that Memphis is here. Memphis is not going anywhere, and they're going to be a team that you are going to have to continue with for the next decade, because as long as they've got John Moran on that roster, they're going to have a chance. I think they also have a great coach. I think they've got a great core group around John Moran and a good front office that's spending their money wisely. I think this year, will be it for Memphis. But my goodness gracious, are they going to be good in the future? My last weekend prediction, I think that by the time we get to Monday, we're all going to be tired of hearing about the NFL schedule. The NFL schedules were released yesterday, and everybody's talking about, oh, this team's going to be playing that team on week 30, you know, Monday night football on week 4 will be this game and that game. I, I, you know, I think it's so interesting because in the NFL, year-to-year things, so much. Like last night, for instance, I'm looking through Twitter and I'm seeing a post by a Cowboys fan that I follow, and he's marking W's and L's next to every game, right? And he's got it figured out. All oh, the Cowboys are going to be 12 and five. They're going to win this game. They're going to lose that game. They're going to win these two. They're going to lose that one. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know what this is going to look like. Like every year in the NFL, like who in their right mind last year would have thought that the Bengals would have made the Super Bowl? Who in their right mind a couple of years ago would have thought that Tampa Bay would have won the Super Bowl, even, even without Tom Brady. No one thought that they would have been good enough to win at all. Much less, you know, actually the Bengals making it to the Super Bowl. and you yeah, know that the 49ers were close. No one saw that coming. So in the NFL, man, things happen that are so unexpected. We could try to make these predictions. And we could try to make these forecasts and figure things out. But at the end of the day, it's like predicting the weather, right? No one really knows what's going to end up happening at the end of the day. So those are our weekend predictions. We'll revisit on Monday and see how we did. But I think that uh, I think we've got some winners here, and I think that we're going to have some teams. Hopefully we will make a crowd, and I think we've got some great basketball and uh, a college baseball as well. ahead. the right. break, when we get back, it'll be our final break of the show. I'm going to give you some betting picks that I think are going to be winners. And then we'll wrap up today's show, maybe looking at the headlines real quick. You're listening to Play by Play on C We'll be right back after this message from our sponsors.
1: guaranteed
9: some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully the neighbor who gives you a jump start and the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding your state farm agent has your back too your good times and the not so good and who's got your agents back state farm the company people have trusted for more than 90 years We're here to help life go right. Call
5: State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988.
2: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rousers Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in store.
7: last reminder, tomorrow will be on 4247, 200 a.m. KOD for South Carolina. I'm taking one North Carolina in the Class 4A state championship game. That'll be out in Stouffel, Louisiana. Been asked many times, and, they all, and I'll answer it again, As a lot of folks say, hey, Stouffel, where is that at? That's just outside of Lake Charles. It's about 5 to 10 miles outside of Lake Charles. So it's out in West, Louisiana, Southwest Louisiana, the is He'll be taking one that familiar a million, trying to win it all. Now, we're at the bottom of the show here, so that means we've got to give you some betting picks, three things that we like today in the world of sports. The first one I'll lead off with is a Major League Baseball game. I like today the New York Mets to cover the run line against the Seattle Mariners. Um, so that means that you need the Mets to win by more than one to be successful. The Mets are doing Max Fraser, um, He's been outstanding since coming over. Um, he has been terrific. He's been throwing strikes. He's been getting a lot of strikeouts, taking a lot of pressure off of the New York defense. And the Mets are legitimately good. That pains me to say that. As a Braves fan, I don't want the Mets to be good because that makes more things more difficult for my Atlanta team. But I think at home, New York is going to take care of business. Marco Gonzalez is going for the Mariners. And he's just okay. He's going to allow, you know, three, four runs. But I think that Scherzer on the mound is going to lock up Seattle, and I think the Mets are going to get the win there in that matchup. The next one that I got here for you is going to be, uh, let's go with this one. I like the Giants today to go on the road and defeat the Cardinals covering the money line. So we're not betting run line here. We're going money line for the Giants beating the Cardinals. The Giants are 120, so they get that bet, basically, Basically, what you bet if, if they win. So, if you bet five bets, you'll get back like 450 or something like that. So, the Giants are going to be favored slightly against the Cardinals. Logan Webb is on the mound for San Francisco. He's been terrific. He's a very good pitcher. The Cardinals are throwing Jordan. He's a horn thrower. He throws a 100 and he gets a lot of strikeouts. But he also uses a lot of pitches because there's so much horn and miss. There's not a lot of contact which means that he has to throw a lot of pitches to get his out. So as a result, he gets chased from games often. They have to use the bullpen a lot whenever he's out there. And I think that Logan Webb and the Giants are going to wear them out tonight to get a victory on the road over St. Louis. And it's actually a game of two contenders. Both of those teams are pretty good. But so we think that the Giants are actually going to get the win in that one. And the last one comes from the world of the NBA playoffs, where I like there's we the, the, the to close out. You know, I like the Grizzlies to close out. I think they're going to take care of business at home tonight. I said the Grizzlies. I meant to say the Bucks. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me, let me start that over. I like the Bucks to close out tonight. I'm looking at the Grizzlies and the Warriors uh, game story, but I meant to say the Bucks. I like the Bucks to close out tonight against the Boston Celtics. They're a one-point favorite, meaning that you're basically just betting on who you think is going to win the game, right? So I think the Milwaukee is going to defend their home floor. They're up 3-2 to two in the series. I think they're going to close out Boston tonight and put their ticket to the next round. They don't want to have to go back to Boston. They don't want to have to have a Game 7. So I think they're going to take care of business, and they're going to make things happen in that one. So a couple of headlines, and then we'll get out of here. We've got about oh two, three minutes left. Um, ESPN.com reports that Kyrie Irving is likely to get his shoe deal tender with Nike after some of the issues that Kyrie had this past season. Um, you know, not taking his COVID vaccine and missing half of the season. Nike, Nike apparently was a little nervous about that and not going to extend his key contract. Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers was critical of his teammate James Harden after the 76ers lost to the Miami Heat. could be eliminated last night. Look, man, I wanted to touch on this little more in this show but we just kind of got sidetracked. We had a busy show post, and I'll talk about this maybe more next week. Joel Embiid's right. It's hard for me to say this. It's hard for me to admit this because I'm the biggest James Harden fan that I know. Like, I follow him based on whatever team he's on. Like, that becomes my new favorite team. I was a Rockets guy, and I went to Brooklyn with him. I went to the 76ers with him. I'm on game 76ers right now, as we speak, because of James Harden. But Joel dude is right. Harden didn't play well enough for the 76ers to have a chance in this playoff. And at thirty two years old. Is this a matter of age? I don't know. I don't I tend to think not because we see you guys play deep into their thirties. Is this a matter of conditioning? I'll be honest, Harden looks a little thick. He looks a little bigger than what he used to. He looks kind of chunky to be honest with you. it's a matter of injury. He had the big hamstring injury last year. They really didn't have much of an off season. Came back just started playing again. Harden said after the game, look, I've got to get my body right. I've got to, you know, get myself back into shape. Yes, you do. <laughs> because whatever you were doing this year in the postseason is not something that you could do going forward because, man, it was brutal to watch. He was struggling to get into the lane, struggling to score, and when Philadelphia needed him most, he wasn't able to accelerate his game. So Harden's got to up the ante there. And then one more headline, then we'll get out of here. Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw is going to miss a start. After going on the injured list. Kershaw has been often injured throughout his career. He has inflammation in his right SI joint, which is the base of the so it is, it connects the base of the spine to the hip bone. So a lower body, you know, like back injury for Kershaw, who has battled some back issues throughout his career. We hope that this doesn't sideline him for the long haul because he's been excellent this season. He owns an ERA below two for a Dodgers pitching staff. But we talk about the Dodgers' offense, and with good reason. They've got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Justin Turner and Muncie and all these great hitters. The Dodgers' pitching staff this year, so far in this season, is doing historically well. They're only the line, like one or two wins a game on average. They're striking out more batters than we've ever seen in the modern era. So their pitching has been incredible, and they're going to need Curse Jackson to stay healthy to keep that going. So we're in a pretty good minute right here. Thanks to everybody for listening. It's been a wild week. We're going to start to try to get back to some more normal routines next week, week. We're going to be at the Gators tomorrow. Hopefully, they're bring home the championship. We want to wish the best of luck to Vanderbilt tonight out in Hammond. We want to congratulate C C A on a great season. This season in the last night, you've been listening to play by play. If a please to share with you all. Great weekend. stay drive. stay safe, And God bless you and your family. We'll be back Monday. We'll UCA. Have a great weekend, everybody.